Welcome to Story Chats at Inspire Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. And I'm Valerie Comer. Joining us today is Janet Ferguson. Janet W. Ferguson grew up in Mississippi and received a degree in banking and finance from the University of Mississippi. She has served as a children's minister and a youth volunteer, a church youth volunteer. She's an avid reader and she worked as a librarian at a large public high school. She writes humorous, inspirational fiction for people with real lives and real problems. Janet and her husband have two grown children, one really smart dog, and a few cats that allow them to share the space. Thanks for joining us, Janet. Oh, thanks. I'm so happy to be here with y'all. And I've locked the cats and dogs out. Um, hopefully they won't be banging on the door. So <laughs> You'll notice mine is propped open because my dog has to be able to get to me or he'll sit there and either howl or scratch constantly. So... Yeah, I was worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> my cats may or may not cruise through. Yeah, and my cat worried about hers as well. So yeah. we're 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 well acquainted with pet photobombs. Pet, pet yes, my cat does it. <laughs> so today we are talking about using real settings in CCR. And so the obvious first question to me at least is what makes using a real place for your setting special? Um, Janet, let's start with you. Okay. Well, for me, setting is the backdrop for every scene and it can set the tone and uh, give symbolism. And at times it can become even a, a character of its own um, and it can create um, kind of conflict. So like in my book, Magnolia Storms, it's set at the Mississippi Gulf Coast. My character never wants to get back there because that's uh, where Hurricane Katrina wrecked her family's lives. And so I used it as the place that she has to go, of course, because we torture our characters um, and send her there. Meanwhile, her hero just lives and breathes it. He loves everything about it. So in that way, you know, that real town is, um, and the real events that happen there is kind of the, the character, another character of the story um, to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's great. All right, Narelle, what do you what do you think? Well, because I live in Australia, which is a million miles away from every other country other than New Zealand <laughs> and parts of Asia, um, it would be very expensive for me to try and to travel to all the places I can travel to in a book. So armchair traveling and actually seeing real places is just super fun in terms of reading. And so I really like I will often read a book and think I'd love to go and visit that place one day. And conversely, if I've been somewhere and I see it in a story, I get very excited that I'm like, oh, I've been there. I know that. I do this with movies as well. <laughs> if I see, you ever watch something in San Francisco, for example, I was like, oh, I've been there. I've seen that. So I just think it's really fun to have real life settings that come alive in the book and just really transport you to a different place. And it's just such a cheap vacation. Yeah. Cost of a cup of coffee. It's really good. <laughs> I agree. Yes. All right, Valerie, what are, we, what are your thoughts? Um, I love a real setting because readers can identify, especially, you know, if it's a place they've been, then they can go, oh, yeah, I know where that park is or where that whatever is. And it, it makes a really solid sense of place. I've read a few books that were that took place in like any city USA. And, and it's so vanilla that, uh, I mean, you can create places that aren't real places and create them well, but this any city thing um, 
there needs to be a, a sense of place. And when it isn't there, it's really noticeable, I think. Yeah, I can see that. I agree with that. Um, I, I also love to, um, to find places in books that I've been and go, oh, I've been there. Or actually, I've read a couple books um, that were set in Ireland. And when we took a trip, to Ireland, I actually, we planned one of our paths so that we could go through one of the towns where that book had been set so that I could put a, a real mental picture as opposed to my made up mental picture to the story. Nice. Um, and it was almost a little bit of a letdown because my mental picture had been slightly better than the, <laughs> the real town was, but I was like, it's still better to have the real thing. Um, to have the real thing is fun. Um, Although I will say I do sometimes also struggle when I have been to the place and I'm like, that's, that's not there. <laughs> that's not how that is. <laughs> so um, it can be a double-edged sword to some degree, <laughs> I think. Um, and that sort of leads us into the, the next question, which are the challenges of using a real place? Because... Um, if you're using a real place, the store might not be where you would prefer it to be. Um, that sort of thing. There might not actually be a good road to get from here to there. So uh, Janet, what are some challenges uh, that you've run into using real places? Well, you wanna get the culture right um, and you don't want to um, portray the, the place in any kind of a bad light if you're gonna use a, a real place. Um, my Oxford stories, the people that are from Oxford, Mississippi, love them being there because it's obvious that I've been there and spent a lot of time there. Um, so when I did stories set in St. Simons, I'd only been there once and I had to do a lot of local interviews and local beta reads to kind of see if I've gotten it right and do some hours of uh, Google Earth traveling, like walking down the streets on Google Earth and, uh, you know, just to figure out where the stores are and like you said you know it has to be at the right place and how long does it take to get to a doctor's office and things like that that you just um you need to get right so that makes it a little bit difficult absolutely Narelle I think probably the challenge for me and the real place that I've used is obviously Sydney, Australia, is the city keeps changing. So the main street, George Street, you can no longer drive up and down that as a two-way street. It's blocked off with a tram. And there's streets that used to be one way that are now a tram. And then you've got streets that have switched and um, buildings that go up and landmarks that change. So when I was, particularly if I think of Haymarket, um, which is near Chinatown, that part of Sydney towards Darling Harbour, there used to be a place called the Sydney Entertainment Centre, which was a major landmark. And then they pulled it down. And so my whole... Um, perception of that part of the world is I'm totally confused when I'm at Hay Street I've got no idea it's like there's Dixon Street there's Chinatown okay but it still just feels different because that landmark that I grew up with um, was probably built when I was a child is no longer there and it's a different building and, and um, we'll look at that and go that's not where that is or that that street doesn't go through yes. or yeah <laughs> 
she doesn't, yeah, and she doesn't know the place. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm about to re-release, I've decided to re-release my Sydney books first and I'll be doing that in later 2021. And one of the reasons I'm in a bit of a rush is they're talking about replacing the Manly Ferries. And I've got Manly Ferries, I think, in nearly every book that I've got written in Sydney. And I want to keep these old ferries. I've got to get these books out before they change. Otherwise, it's technically not contemporary as well. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's tricky it's really tricky in terms of cities that are evolving and changing and I think I've also got some walking around Darling Harbour I need to double check that that makes sense because they've done so many changes around there and if you really do that particular um, scene and you actually try to walk it I don't think you can anymore so there's some challenges and things that I'm going to be fixing up and looking at this year to contemporise books that were published in 2014 and 2015 and then written 2013, 2014, which is now eight years ago. That's crazy. I had, I had never really thought about that aspect. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yes. All right, Valerie, what about you? I have, I have read a couple of books and I'm not going to name names partly because I can't remember who it was, but I wouldn't anyway, where, where you know that this person is intimately acquainted with that setting and it reads kind of like a travelogue. Mm -hmm. And then they turn right out of their hotel and went to this cafe and across the street was this and down the way was that. And you're like, tell me the story. <laughs> like yeah. there's a sense of place, but it can so easily be overdone as well that you're just like I don't need this much so you've been there like whatever get on with the story so that's my pet peeve um, that can happen with real places especially overseas mm -hmm. I think I think the story I'm thinking of was took place in Italy but I could be wrong because I don't have yeah anyway I think you probably could run into that in a made-up setting if you're trying to unobtrusively yeah make it seem real and make sure readers knew where everything was and you just did it badly but I mean so it could happen either way but yeah that would be um that would be hard I I do think um getting the culture right is such a big thing I read a book um last month where the heroine it took place um somewhere else but the heroine was from Arlington Virginia which is very near I mean it's all part of this area where I live in the metro DC area and um so I'm like oh you know I mean my husband works in Arlington I used to work in Arlington you go to Arlington all the time because it's right there and uh the heroine the heroine didn't drive and I'm like well then she doesn't live in Arlington Virginia because <laughs> you you can't not have a car around here. You you just can't. Um, sure, there's the metro. Its schedule is really inconvenient. And, and there are some buses, but this lady was like super well off and the buses are not for the super well off. That's not who rides the buses. We don't have public transportation that is convenient and good to use like in New York City. So I'm like, that just totally like, it got mentioned on like page three of the book. And I was like, do I keep reading? I don't know. I did. It was a really good story. I enjoyed it a lot, but I'm just like, you know, on Google maps, it looks like it should be possible 
super not possible mm-hmm. to to not drive around here. You have you have to drive. You have to drive. <laughs> so yeah, that would throw me out. <laughs> yeah. So you know, know know your culture um, for sure. <laughs> um. All right. So I think we've probably all written in a, a real place. Um, have you run into something funny or memorable when doing that with research that a reader would enjoy hearing about? And, and if you do, you know, do you put it in the note in the back of the book or how do you tell people about these funny things that you found in it? Well, I included like, um, when we're in Ireland, uh, that's where Star Rising is set. And so it really follows my trip through Ireland that we had gone on the summer before I wrote it. And while I was there, I fell. And <laughs> so I thought, okay, my character has to fall. I mean, so, but it was kind of comical when I fell. It was just nothing exciting other than my heel got tucked into it, like a crack in the old sidewalk. And mm-hmm. I was trying to get it out. And at the same time, I'm looking back and I'm falling. And so somehow I managed to like scratch my knee up and hit the back of my head. So I don't know (laughs) how that's possible, but so I used to fall that happened there, but I of course embellished it to make it, you know, you know, a little different, but yeah, it's fun to put stuff in that happens and just, you know, kind of twist it to make it a lot more, you know, interesting than actually was. So, and of course the whole trip was memorable. So, I mean, I just enjoyed walking through, you know, the settings, um, as I wrote and remembering all the fun stuff about it. So that's nice. When I was writing, um, Kinsale Kisses, which is set in Kinsale, Ireland, I, I enjoyed going back through our whole, like my travel journal. I always keep a daily journal of everything. It's like the only time I journal is if we're traveling, <laughs> if we're traveling um, and looking at the photos and remembering all of those things. That it, it's a fun way to remember a trip somewhere that's not where you live for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Valerie, did you have anything funny that you've run into or no, memorable? Nothing no? funny ever. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> ever. Um, well, I guess kind of. I, I haven't set a story in a completely real place. I usually ha- have a real setting and then kind of sneak some stuff in it. And I was doing some research from my armchair on Spokane, Washington, which I had decided was going to be the setting for my Urban Farm Fresh Romance series. So it's going back a few years because the first one came out in 2016. But I'm cruising along Google Maps, as you do when you're looking at places. And I found this this little pocket area not far from downtown. And I'm like, oh, this looks perfect. There's only a couple ways in and out. It's steep access and it's good. They could, they could walk to downtown if they were desperate, but probably don't want to. It's good. And um, my husband leans over and he looks at my computer and he goes, that's right along the river close to downtown. That's going to be probably a drug dealer's haven. <laughs> um, you know, you need to be really careful about portraying that as a positive place for your characters to live. And I'm like, mm, up and down the streets in Google Maps, you know, the little walkabout guy. And I'm like, it looks, it looks pretty good. Anyways, we took a road trip 
down. It's just a few hours from home. And it turned out, in fact, that I was right. But you know what? He could have been right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he really could have been. I looked around the light. Well, yeah, I can see the potential for that. But it's a very quaint little neighborhood. And I changed the name of it. Um, but the, the streets are the same names and the, the bridges are the same names and the location. Anybody who's familiar with Spokane will know exactly where, where we are. But by changing the name of the neighborhood, I could put houses where I wanted them to be at a community hall. Actually, there is one right where I put it. Uh, and put an elementary school in there because I needed one that doesn't exist there. So yeah, I, I tend to do that to find a real place and then adjust it a little for what's needed. That, that makes sense. All right, Norelle, did you have anything funny? Well, you sort yeah. of, yeah. Well, just in terms of Google Street View, it's very out of date. There's actually, I'm actually, my daughter, would you believe, was bought at school one day and started looking up the Google Streets view of her school. And she found me. So somehow the Google car had driven past and we looked at what I was wearing and stuff and it would have been 10 years earlier. So, and it hasn't been updated and that's still up there. So then we're now going back probably at least 12 years. So um, I'm, that sort of made me think how accurate really is Google Street View if something from 12 years ago is still up there? And how did I on earth did I end up with a Google car driving past me? She's like, how did you not notice that? It's like, well, I was rushing to pick you up. I bet I was late. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen the Google car once in Calgary. Yeah. I was like, hmm. yeah. Hello there. But anyway, so anyway, I'm like Valerie because I do embarrassing things and I like to forget them. So I said to my husband, so I haven't done anything embarrassing when I've been researching a book, have you? He goes, um, well, actually, do you remember when we went down to the coast and you were riding his perfect catch and you wanted to work out how to go fishing? And so we went to a pier um, down on the coast and I've never really done much in, the, in terms of fishing, but I thought I better try this. And so at least when I write about it, I've got some kind of experience and accuracy in what I'm talking about. And so we're on the edge of this pier and it'd been a, a wet day or um, I think it rained earlier. And so I go to cast a line and I step on this plank and it wobbles and I nearly go flying into the water. <laughs> My husband grabbed me <laughs> before I went flying to the water. So um, I try to forget these things. <laughs> but I do apparently do funny things. I just don't remember them. <laughs> well, I usually write them into the story somehow. But I, I do have a fishing trip coming up set because I have a fisherman in my story I'm writing right now. And I don't know a thing about it. So we're going to go out on a boat with a target fisherman. And nice. There won't be many of us yeah. on there. So hopefully they can tell me. A condensed version of everything about fishing. Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> you stay dry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Nothing yucky gets on me or something. But yeah. you no, know, if it does, I'm gonna just use it. You know. <laughs> so Valerie um, touched on what what I tend to do, which is to take someplace real and and tweak it to my own devices. Um, which I, I guess maybe means it doesn't actually qualify as being in a real place. I have a lot of books set in the Washington DC area um, and most of it's real, but sometimes I'll stick other things in there. And then I also tend to like not spend chapters detailing how long my characters sit in traffic because nobody wants to read that and I don't want to write it. But um, 
I had a friend who, who was local mentioned that to me. She's like, I always just find it funny that, you know, you don't talk about how long they sat in traffic. And I'm like, no, I don't, because I don't want to. We all, everyone pretty much in this area who watches NCIS laughs about um, how Gibbs and his team can get like even to Quantico from the Navy Yard in like 20 minutes. It's like they barely got out of the Navy Yard in 20 minutes. <laughs> they might've made it to the highway. Probably not. Um, from DC to Quantico, depending on the time of day, that's a solid hour, maybe two, depending. So it's just like, um, but but who wants to read that or watch it on TV, right? I mean, nobody does. So <laughs> I tweak those things out. Um, when we wrote the Arcadia Valley romance series, it was a multi-author series. We picked a real town in Idaho and we tweaked it to our own devices and renamed it. Um, and so I like to do that. Do you feel like that qualifies as being a real place? Can it? Maybe? Sort of? I mean, it kind of is. I know um, Lorraine Beatty, she made up a town in Mississippi, but it's actually based on a real town, basically the way it's set up. Okay. And, you know, um, so, I mean, it kind of counts. She just did wanted to make her own neighborhoods and stuff like you talked about, you know. So, I mean, yeah. Or you could put that, you know, maybe in your notes, like you said, that you, you visited there, but you, you know, also on. made it your own, your own imaginary place. So, yeah. <laughs> what you do get with that is a sense of place, though. Yeah. It, it's, you understand or... In theory, you understand um, like the, the type of terrain it is, uh, what, what kind of business, if it's a small town, what kind of businesses are there, what the, you know, whether it's agricultural or whether it's in, um, mining or whether there's something else going on. I'm from the West, so those are the types of things that are most likely. But um, it, it gives you that sense of place. And it's, it's the easiest way to it's the easiest way to do it, um, which easy isn't always the best. But on the other hand, harder isn't always the best either. Right. Just for the sake of harder. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's some really obvious things you can get wrong. Like many years ago, there was a, a book that became very famous in Australian writing circles because someone had put in a historical romance, I think it was, um, Crocodiles in Sydney Harbour. Now, everybody in Australia knows that you'll never find a crocodile in the Sydney Harbour unless it escaped from Taronga Park Zoo. So they just, it's the wrong climate. Like it's like a thousand miles too far south for crocodiles. So I think as long as um, that's the kind of thing that will make local readers cranky, if it's something that should have been an easy Google search um, and you get that wrong. But I think most readers are forgiving of um, smaller things. Right, so let's um, spend some time talking about CCR that we've read set in actual places. Um, see if we can get some good book recommendations out of this. Shall we start with Valerie? Sure, we can do that. I enjoy um, Angela Ruth Strong's series set in the Pacific Northwest and Finding Love in Eureka, California is one of those. And I don't know whether street by street, it's completely accurate, but I have been in Eureka, California a couple of times and her characters do hang out along the coast in places I have seen and they do go into the redwoods in places I have seen. 
And so the sense of place is very strong. Now she is um, a flight attendant. And in this particular story, her, her heroine um, works at the airport. She's not a flight attendant, but she works at the airport. So I could I could see Angela's hand in that as well. And I'm like, could that really happen? And then I'm thinking, if she put it in there, I'm pretty sure it could. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she wouldn't she wouldn't make my rookie mistake on that. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that is one. And then her, her her other ones as well in that series. But that one to me is just it really hit the nail on the head for me. Narelle? Well, I did have an, I have, I had a lot of trouble trying to hone this down to a decent number. Uh, <laughs> I did also have an Angela Reeves Strong book, which was, I think, the one that's set in Seaside, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy reading that because I've actually been to Seaside. I think I was there for an hour, but it still counts. <laughs> Doing a drive on the Oregon coast. So I really enjoyed that because I was, I could see it can put me back into that place. And so I really, that's really fun. Um, but one of I think um, Janet's book Star Rising was just such a lovely trip to Ireland, and also Elizabeth, your book Kinsale Kisses. Like, I just really love going to Ireland as a setting, and those particular books. I think particularly when you're like a tourist with the tourist main characters, it's just really fun, and they're the type of stories that I'll always be drawn to and attracted to reading. So Ireland's always a winner for me. But I've mentioned two books, so Thank I need you. to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. appreciate it. Oh, sorry. Um, I um, thought about uh, Heidi. I always forget how she does her um, name, um, her writing name. I think it's McCon, um, anyway. Um, and so she writes some at Seabrook, Washington, I think, though. It's, um, also, it's a beach setting. I've never been. I haven't been to Washington State, and I really would like to go there. I know because I critique with Heidi that she has family there and she goes there often so I feel like she has it just set up and I picture it in my mind and I want to know if it's like you know I would like to go there <laughs> it makes me want to go he's quite and, a piece uh, in Alaska as well yes yeah, I talked to her about her Alaska ones and she grew up um early you know part of her life in Alaska but she does change the name on the, of the town even though it's based on a real town because like y'all talked about things change and she doesn't want the locals to, you know, you know, the, give too the much. The smaller the town, the harder it is to name names yeah. because everybody yes. knows whether it, it just doesn't work in a small town. You can't make it completely accurate in my opinion. Right. That yeah. Be. That makes sense. So. <laughs> All right, so I chose, and, and it's funny, there's a lot of crossover um, with some of the international books that we talked about um, in that episode. I chose Close to You by Kara Isaac. Um, oh, she, I love that. When she, yeah, just touring the Lord of the Rings filming site at the beginning of the book, because that is on my list. I want to do that desperately someday, um, so much. <laughs> and so- well, that um, Google, if they really have that, that's when, you know, it's like lured you in. Like I want yeah. to go through that. So yeah. Um, I loved just that whole, that whole thing. Um, because I really do want to see it. And I have a friend who lives in New Zealand and she'll periodically go to visit and send me new pictures. She's like, Oh, here's, you know, here's the new flowers outside Bilbo's house. And I'm like, darn it. I want to come visit you. <laughs> 
So um, I go with you. Yeah. Take me. <laughs> Field trip. <laughs> yeah. And it's only two hours to fly to New Zealand for me. So it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Rub it in, Narelle. <laughs> So, all right, um, we've got time to go around one more time, I think. You got another one, Valerie? I sure do. Um, I could give you probably 15, um, and almost all of them would be set in the Pacific Northwest on the coast because, um, because it's been too long since I've been to the ocean, probably. <laughs> uh, but Annette Irby has Finding Love in Friday Harbor, Washington. Mm -hmm. Now, I haven't been to Friday Harbor, um, but I'm very familiar with the islands in that area. And the, the hero of that book is uh, operates whale watching tours, which are one of my very favorite things to do off of Vancouver Island, which is right nearby. And so I have been on a, a tour just two, three years ago now, where from Victoria, BC, we took boats down Puget Sound a long ways, well past the international boundary. Um, to see orcas. Mm -hmm. So this is the same territory that this guy would be doing his whale watching tours in. So that whole coastal feel and the, the, the island town is something that I have, that really draws me in. And I really enjoyed that setting a lot. Yep, that sounds marvelous. And whales and all that, that would be beautiful. <laughs> it's a great yeah. series. I, I second the recommendation for that whole series. It's fantastic. I wish you wrote like way more. Yeah. Faster. My <laughs> <Way> faster. <laughs> Narelle, what about you? Oh, it's so hard. So I'm going to talk about Courtney Walsh's um, book set in Nantucket, which we've talked about on the podcast before. So um is it any wonder to most recent release and then if for any reason and she also has a Christmas book there um, because I, I from what Courtney was saying when she visited with us on the podcast is that she went into a lot of detail to make sure that the setting details in the story setting Nantucket were accurate mm -hmm. and I did have a look so when I'll read a book sometimes I'll get on Google Maps because they'll mention a place so I'll go on and have a look and try and orientate myself as a reader I don't know if anyone else does that but I do oh, yeah. strange things like that <laughs> and um, I just I just love, I'd love to go to Nantucket. Like every time I've read a book there, I think I read a Denise Hunter book there years ago. And so it's on one of my travel wish lists. And um, I love how you can read those, read a book and just say, I just want to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Janet, do you have another? Uh, well, Sarah Monzon has written some out in uh, Southern California. I think she calls them SoCal sewing sisters or something and um she based those on you know she lives out there now because her um, husband is in the navy i guess and so they moved there and it's been you know so many years since i've been to southern california it's fun to read that i mean kind of revisit some of that and um so it's fun to go to places you know that you've never been like I, like i said i haven't been to washington but it's also kind of fun to revisit places that you've been but it's been a really long time and yeah. um yeah, and definitely you know, all the Kara Isaac stuff in, in New Zealand, and, and even she has the one in England. Those were fun too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna sort of cheat for my last one, <laughs> um, and just simply say pretty much anything by Marion Uckerman because she yes. tends to go yeah. to fantastic places. She can take you to an elephant sanctuary in Africa, or to Finland, um, and 
Helsinki and she has some in Ireland and she she tends to be all over the globe. And I love that because I know from following her on her Facebook page, she goes to these places or, or has, I mean, yes. not now, obviously, but, um, but she visits them and they're, they're real to her and, or there were places that she lived. I know she lived in Ireland for a while. Um, and so I love, she just has all the detail because it, it's, again, it's that sense of place. We keep coming back to that. She really makes that real. And so she's my, when I need to go somewhere in a book, I'm like, let's see which Marion book I want to read today. <laughs> Um, and and I'll I'll dig those out again there's one with the elephant sanctuary or something yeah yeah Yeah. that like yeah they do stand out in my mind and and I remember something about some people doing some adventurous things I don't remember what it was was it like flying or something yeah the yeah yeah so stuff I'd never heard of if I you know hadn't (laughs) read her books (laughs) yep no, she has some really unique ones for sure. She does. And Marion, you can and Kara Isaac were on my list, but I figured someone else would talk about them. <laughs> so I culled them off. <laughs> That's what I did. I, I took Kara off and, and you did mention her, so. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, um, Janet, thank you for hanging out with us and talking about real settings with us. Thank you. Tell us, um, where can everybody find you and your books? Well, my website is JanetFergusonAuthor.com. And then, of course, I'm on Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, and, you know, the usual places. So. All the usual suspects. Yes. Yeah, you write as Janet W. Ferguson. Is that correct? I do. The W's yeah. in there. Okay. I write as Janet W. Ferguson. And, I, yeah, my website didn't have the W, but um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I made it a long time ago. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. All right. Um, thank you. So we'll put that, we'll put a link to your website um, in the, the notes when we, when we go live. Um, <clears throat> thank you guys, everyone for joining us at Story Chats. You can find everything you need to know about the podcast at nspromance.com slash story chats. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe and don't forget to hit your little notification bell so you never miss an episode. We will see you next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.